This is the Policy Options Podcast. I'm Maddie Haslam. There's a lot on the table as world leaders gather this week in Charlevoix, Quebec for the G7 summit. The Trump administration's tariffs on steel and aluminum loom over the summit, adding to prior concerns over what many see as a divide between the US and the rest of the G7 countries. While trade talk will likely dominate discussions, Canada will still try to focus on the priorities of its agenda, inclusive economic growth, peace and security, climate change and oceans, gender equality, and jobs of the future. John Curden joined me on the podcast to break down those priorities, discuss tensions with the Trump administration, and explain what G7 summits are remembered for. John Curden is director of the G7 Research Group and co-director of the G20 Research Group at the University of Toronto's Monk School of Global Affairs. I spoke with him as he was wrapping up at Think7, a gathering of researchers from think tanks in the academic world, about two weeks before the summit. John, thank you so much for being here. Well, it's great to be with you. You've just returned from Think7 in Quebec City. Could you explain what that meeting is and what the major challenges being discussed were leading up to the summit? Well, it was a historic moment because this is the first year that the G7 governors had a Think7 as one of the seven official engagement groups uh, that advised them uh, on what they should do. Before, uh, there was the Business 7, the Labor 7, uh, the Women's 7, and several others. Uh, But now, Think 7, joining the think tanks and the academics of the G7 countries uh, and beyond, uh, sprung to life uh, to uh, give advice, not on the basis of their own constituencies, but uh, to bring to bear their best analysis, above all on how uh, the connections amongst the major priorities for the Charlevoix summit could be uh, advanced uh, with benefits to all by smart, strategic policy moves. And what were some of the conclusions that you came to? Well, we produced consensus recommendations, 17 uh, in all. Uh, Not easy uh, to do when you have... um, representatives, 23 uh, from uh, all G7 countries. But our list of 17 uh, was uh, clear, uh, focused, very practical, uh, and indeed uh, the G7 governors themselves, their personal representatives or Sherpas, congratulated us uh, on that uh, when we had our concluding dialogue uh, with them. Our recommendations covered five areas. The first was human development uh, with education uh, at its core. The second was digital and data security. The third, progressive trade. Uh, The fourth, sustainable growth. And the fifth, taxation. So uh, we offered recommendations across the economic and financial, social and sustainable development, and the peace and security uh, domains. Full strength summit uh, as the um, G7 summit itself will be. Would you be able to highlight maybe a couple recommendations that struck you as as particularly innovative or smart? So our main message, one, educate poor girls. Two, remove the plastics from the oceans and make our coastal communities uh, more uh, resilient. And number three, protect our elections from foreign interference. So those, I think, were uh, the ones that caught Um, the spirit, not only of um, the group of thinkers that gathered, uh, but uh, the greatest global demand 
that the G7 could uh, meet uh, both for themselves, their people, uh, and indeed uh, those around the world. And I'm glad you mentioned oceans. I did want to speak a little about this. First, I was wondering if you could just remind us how climate change discussions went last year at the 2017 summit. Uh, Well, climate change was one of the um, toughest issues that were discussed at the Tormina summit in Italy uh, last year. Uh, But the dialogue uh, was actually one which showed uh, the best in clubbiness and collegiality of the uh, G7. Donald Trump uh, was due to make a decision about whether or not he would withdraw the United States from the Paris Agreement on climate change, but he waited uh, until he heard uh, what uh, his fellow G7 leaders want. And their dialogue uh, was uh, intense. All of the uh, other leaders tried to persuade him uh, in various ways and only made his decision a little later, once he had returned to uh, Washington uh, and others gave him different advice, and only then did he withdraw. So anticipating that President Trump might decide uh, to withdraw from the Paris Agreement, uh, the G7 leaders, colleagues at Taormina, uh, basically signaled that they were uh, prepared to uh, go ahead uh, to remain committed to uh, the Paris Agreement and to move to uh, implement it um, to make it uh, real. So uh, this six versus one uh, configuration, uh, as it's uh, described, uh, was something uh, that uh, was not new um, to uh, the G7. Uh, It really did show a united uh, determination. And of course, the hope that uh, President Trump would either stay in or come back soon. And I anticipate Um, some version could happen for the Charlevoix summit uh, itself. Justin Trudeau, he made it one of his five priorities uh, for the Charlevoix summit, climate change, oceans, and clean energy, uh, priority uh, number four on his uh, list of five. So Canada is not running and hiding and not deterred uh, by the uh, current attitude of those in the White House. There's some worry going into this summit that it will be a six plus one dynamic, as you mentioned earlier, um, and that division with the Trump administration could permanently fracture the G7. Are these concerns well-founded? Well, there is a cause for uh, some concern because uh, Mr. Trump will be predictably uh, unpredictable. And uh, we also have a new government in Italy, a coalition of uh, populist protectionist parties So if you uh, look at their positions on paper, they're uh, broadly uh, quite discrepant from the rest of the G7. So in that case, it could be uh, six versus one, but the one would be uh, the new Italian government. More broadly, though, uh, I think uh, beyond the uh, obvious differences on climate change, on trade, uh, particularly uh, multilateral trade uh, and the World Trade Organization, there's an extraordinary degree of uh, common cause between Mr. Trump's administration and certainly Canada and absent Italy, uh, the rest of the G7. Take Justin Wan's top priority, gender equality and women's empowerment. The Trumps are on board, beginning with uh, Ivanka Trump uh, and her father. And we saw at uh, Donald Trump's first summit in Italy uh, last year, one of the greatest achievements came on gender equality. 
a major leap forward uh, in the G7 uh, in its uh, long history of um, dealing with uh, a broad agenda and increasingly uh, touching uh, on this. All of the G7 is committed to act against terrorism. And again, uh, we saw that work well as a cohesive force uh, last year. What's new this year is that um, certainly Mr. Trump and uh, virtually all of the G7 is finally firm in their determination to stand against uh, the uh, demise of democracy and uh, the um, offensive, aggressive moves from uh, the Russian um, Federation, from um, acquiescing in the use of chemical weapons uh, in Syria, from poisoning individuals in the United Kingdom, from um, pushing against uh, Ukraine, uh, from endangering uh, the Baltic states, and of course, uh, from interfering uh, in free and fair elections uh, in the United States. For the presidency uh, last time, uh, and, of course, uh, a great fear that with the U.S. midterm elections coming up in uh, November, this must be stopped uh, now. So extraordinary a uh, common cause on most of the key issues that this G7 will address. You mentioned gender equality earlier. I was wondering first if you could clarify what the strides that were made last year with the Trump administration, and also if you could speak a little bit about the fact that at this summit we'll see all proposals considered through a gender-based analysis and how likely it is that that will become a permanent part of the G7 process. One of the biggest surprises of the uh, Torbita summit last year uh, was its standalone um, document on um, women's uh, empowerment. Indeed, uh, more specific, precise, future-oriented, politically obligatory uh, commitments made in that document than in most of the uh, other uh, individual ones. Uh, and indeed, it was the um, one document that really made uh, Tormina a very successful um, summit as far as actual decisions, uh, commitments uh, is concerned. At Tormina, the focus uh, was very uh, much through uh, an economic um, lens. And of course, uh, two of the Charlevoix priorities are indeed inclusive economic growth, but also jobs of the future. So the Tormina focus on improving uh, the position of uh, women in the uh, workplace, equal pay for equal work, getting the um, top jobs, uh, no more uh, glass ceilings. All of that uh, was a great leap forward at Torremina and a very firm foundation, a base on which to build, to do more at Charlevoix um, this year. But there are so many other uh, aspects where gender needs to be integrally included. Climate change in gender. And here, um, Catherine McKenna, she's just hosted a group of uh, 80 uh, women up at Meach Lake, you know, women kicking it on uh, climate change to uh, help uh, make that climate gender link. Women in um, conflict uh, from moves started in 2013 at Loch Aaron, um, the British-hosted summit, to uh, curtail women in conflict uh, who suffer personal violence uh, that women um, disproportionately uh, face. And then uh, when, of course, you uh, look at other um, parts uh, of the uh, agenda, oceans, energy, links there, um, but a little uh, difficult 
to make, one has to think hard uh, about it. We've come a long way, and we know a lot about how to uh, connect gender to fiscal policy budgeting. Canada's been a, a pioneer here. But what about monetary policy, interest rates, exchange rate? How do we um, make those policies work for women? So a lot of uh, new hard analytic uh, work to be done. I think one of the uh, finest moves uh, Prime Minister Joe has made uh, was from the start to appoint a gender equality advisory uh, council to give them the best uh, new fresh uh, advice about uh, what needs to be done, uh, an advisory body to himself and to Canada, and not subject to the consensus of all seven or eight uh, G7 countries uh, marching in a convoy uh, as uh, one. So we're really looking forward to uh, seeing uh, the results of that uh, fresh insight, uh, and indeed uh, hoping that uh, Emmanuel Macron, who will host the G7 uh, next year, uh, will continue to uh, rely on the Gender Equality uh, Advisory Council, uh, whose work intellectually uh, and uh, in terms of its influence has really only uh, just begun. Just to finish off here, on a broad scale, what outcomes do you think would constitute a successful summit for Canada? Well, uh, summits are remembered by their um, standout centerpiece deliverables. You know, the ones, uh, if you only have uh, 19 seconds in an elevator, to say, oh, what happened uh, at Charlevoix, you can say it, and whoever's um, listening to you uh, will get it. Uh, you don't need to go into any fine print. Uh, the last time Canada hosted Muskoka, it's easy. Maternal, newborn, and child health, the Muskoka initiative. Harper hit a home run. At Charlevoix, uh, I think we can expect three. One, a major initiative to educate poor girls. Everybody gets it. Everybody knows why that's important. Uh, the second, remove the plastics from the oceans and make our coastal communities uh, more resilient. Canada's a country with the uh, largest, longest coastline in the world. All of the G7 countries are major coastal or maritime powers. Uh, so we've got to get that one um, right, too. Uh, and finally, an initiative to protect our elections from foreign interference. Canada's coming up next year. That in the United States coming up on November uh, this year. Uh, and indeed, uh, in our uh, Mexican neighbor, citizens go to the polls on uh, July uh, 1st. The G7 was created and continued to protect within our own countries and to promote globally open democracy, individual liberty, and social advance. So we need to protect democracy in the G7 and then move it outwards from there. Great, John. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Okay, a pleasure. That was John Curden, director of the G7 Research Group. You can read the recommendations from the Think7 Summit at the University of Laval's website. And for more G7 coverage, make sure you check out policy options. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Tweet us at IRPP or reach me directly at Maddie Haslam. 
We're also on Facebook and LinkedIn, and you can send us an email at policyoptions at irpp.org. Thanks so much for listening to the Policy Options Podcast. I'm Maddie Haslam. We'll see you next time.